Hello, guys, and welcome to the Beercast. I am your host, James Rankin. Today, myself and Jamie sat down. We actually start our episode with a very important, very exciting announcement of our BUA internship that will be kicking off towards the end of this month. Um, in today's episode, we dive deep into the topic of skill transfer, how certain movements and how we apply them benefit us into other movements, both inside and outside the gym, and how certain attitudes can benefit our attitudes inside and outside the gym as well. Depending on where you're listening to this, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please follow or subscribe. It helps us grow the podcast and help even more people. I hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll catch you next time. So we're going to dive into, we had a good phone call yesterday and talk about skill transfer. Yeah. Because we love that stuff. We do. And how it all inter- Obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed is a good word. Um, but before we do that, we've got some, I was going to say some stuff, something we want to talk about. Yeah. And that is the, have we got an official title? No. Cross- CrossFit Bua Internship. Yes. There we go. There it is. Named it. Trademark. TM. TM. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to run an internship. We are indeed. Yeah, we, we've been talking about doing an internship for a couple of years. And um, we've seen, we, like, we've looked into different ways different people do it. And we just had to build our own. So we're at that point now where we're saying that um, we know we've done loads of coaching development internally and we've also done loads of work uh, with people who are interested in coaching who are not working at Bua. like we've loads of guests in who have worked on coaching development with us and now it's time that we can set up some structure that people who want to get into coaching want to learn more they can come through a program that's available to anybody daddy yeah when are we going to do this oh it's starting in the next couple of weeks so it's pretty much up and running now um, like it's there it's ready to be started so it's uh, we've been doing all the groundwork of getting the structure in place and getting it built yeah and now it's ready to go so speaking of structure then how long is it gonna last is it indefinite or it, is it's, it... a, it's a 12 week program 12 weeks yeah it's a 12 week program and roughly per week you're talking five hour commitment five total. and how's that going to be split yeah okay good question so we have um in your week you'll have a session one-to-one with a coach who is going to t- just literally teach you the fundamentals of the movements. And from a coaching perspective, how we might break it down and communicate it. We, we learn all about the common faults that we usually see over the years and how are the best ways to correct movement faults. So coaches, but um anyway it, it is but it's really it's really targeted like we're, we have a list of movements and we're going to knock them down one week at a time we're going to teach it to you and then you come back the next week and we start talking about uh, how we might deliver it that's where you get to practice yeah. delivering it back on a one-to-one basis um so it, it's really about absorbing all the information in a structured way and then being able to feed it back out in a structured way so that's a big part of it is learning the movements with a one-to-one with the, with the coach then there's the next part which would be a bit of shadowing so that's going and shadowing a class while having a very clear focus on what you're looking out for and what you're taking notes on so it's not just hanging around it's like here look out for these things that we've learned about and now see them in action 
and then we can talk about it afterwards. They're really valuable sessions. Um, then we also have, um, on top of that, you'll do a little bit of work at Bua. So there, there will be some tasks, so you get a feeling of what it's like to work there. And um, we will have a full like integration into the team for the 12 weeks. So the person, if they're interning, they will be part of the coaching team. And towards the end, there might be opportunities to take parts of the class, like, like wow. do a, a class brief and stuff like that. Um, but it, that's only when they feel really confident and they're chomping at the bit to get involved. Uh, so um, there'll be a little bit of maybe an hour then of personal like work that you can do on your own that will get you prepared for the next week. So um, a lot of it is just guided. We hold your hand through it and then there's a little bit of self-driven stuff. Yeah. But it'll, it'll net out about five hours a week and we're pretty flexible how we structure those five hours. And who's it for? Yeah, so it's probably two. I kind of have two uh, types of individuals who are probably best suits. Um, one is somebody who is maybe looking for a career change, who has developed a real passion for training, fitness, health, the whole area, and thinks uh, my job is a good functional job that earns a living, but I would love to do something that I really care about. And we've had numerous coaches who have left really, like Christopher was an, an engineer, right? He was working as an engineer and took the brave move of, of leaving that big career behind yeah. and following what he's done. Um, and we have seen that over and over again, where people are just a bit fed up with what they're doing or have just found a new passion. It's perfect for them. You can probably do this alongside a, a full-time job while getting a taste for what it's like and see does the reality match up to your idea of it so i think that's a that's a nice component of yeah it. so that so that's one one type of person and look we've had sarah come through internal training like we run a, an inside coaching course a few years ago a chance for members to get exposure to the coaching side yeah it's really popular sarah did that and now she coaches for us full time Sheila did that. Now she's coaching for us. Sheila Connell did that. Now she's coaching for us. Wow. So, so it's something that, you know, it, it can be like something that lays a foundation for a change in the future. The other type of person maybe is someone who is qualified and they may be even already working in the fitness industry, but feels like they need more education, more experience and need maybe an entry point into a CrossFit gym. Because a lot of people want to do that, but they end up working in a spin studio or something that is in the area, but it's not exactly what they want. Yeah. So it could be good for someone who is already qualified. And that could be someone who's working in the industry for four or five years. If you're five years coaching, you're still considered a novice. So when you think about it like that, the first five years, you're a novice years. So I wouldn't be afraid of this if you're like, maybe this is a step backwards because I'm already working in the industry in a few years. This is going to be... Uh, a layer deeper than you would have got on a regular fitness course yeah and um are there any prerequisites for signing up for this or do you need to be a member of BUA or no it's for anybody uh, it's for anybody who's interested and I guess we'll go through it like you, you you apply for it and we'll have a conversation about how suitable we think you are and you can find how suitable it is for you as well so it's a it's a good conversation we'll have and um, I guess I, I kind of imagine it to be like people considering joining a gym that everybody's a bit scared before they join. 
yeah. and they wonder do they need to be fit enough to join you know the way that so thing that happens all the time all the time and i think well i would imagine some people will fear that they're not upskilled enough they're not the right type of person uh, to do this but they need to already be a coach and it's the opposite of that we're going to teach it from scratch yeah. so what we're looking for is somebody who has the right personality type and the right passion for it to come in and learn a lot yeah. right? so i would say if you're if it's interesting to you at all like go with your gut go explore it come and have an informal conversation even before a, you know make an application yeah. but um if you're interested at all i would say don't let you know your own uh, fears of it not being ready hold you back yeah um and will you get access to the gym to train whenever you're part of this or what way is that going to work yeah it's going to work it'll be kind of a separate thing so if you're already a member you'll just continue to be a member and then we will like if somebody from outside comes in we'll we'll figure something i I haven't thought that one through to be honest cool good question then great question (laughs) um and what's like potential is, is there a reason for doing it or what's potential outcome here because there a job at the end i guess yeah. that's the question that's, people are wondering yeah. with, with internships and i guess what there is you're putting yourself in the best possible situation if a job comes up yeah but we can't guarantee because we we only hire when we need to hire we're a small business yeah. so we don't create jobs out of nothing right it's only when there's a business need so if um so if, if we think about it, like this is a an upskilling a personal development thing that if you if a job comes up and you're interested in it and you've worked at the gym for three months you know exactly how we operate and you've been upskilled in the way we coach it puts you in a pretty strong position i'd love it that way but at the end of it there could be like three months and then you're done and, and you decide that that's that was good i've learned some things it's not for me or else you decide i want a job here and then you're knock on the door and is there a cost to sign up for this no zero zero yeah time yeah it's the commitment yeah it's the commitment so that's why there needs to be an application process because we're going to commit to it so yeah. we just want to make sure that the person on the other end knows what it looks like about full commitment um it'll, it's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be like i i'm buzzing to get into it because yeah. you know the learning side of it is a it's a lot of fun i think mean, um, where is it going to be based? It will be based in Nice, Santry, or Selbridge? Uh, in Santry. Santry, yeah. And who will they work with you? Yes. Deadly. wish I knew about this a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish I had a build a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's that then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Look, you know yourself. If anyone has questions, definitely come and talk to me. Drop me yeah. a message or email info at crossabilla.ie definitely get in touch yeah excellent cool let's dive into this then skill transfer what's that what does that word what word phrase sentence mean to you skill transfer yeah i guess it's um it's it's that broad concept like when we're doing one thing can it help loads of other things yeah and can i not just do everything in isolation it's the isolation thing that it, it just you know, it's useful to learn how to do a movement in isolation. I want to learn how to do that, master that yeah. skill. But when you know that if you do it in a certain way, it also helps five others, we know that the value of it goes up. Yeah. So um, I guess we're quite focused on that element of framing our, our lessons around where are the opportunities to 
turbo boost the effect of um, of learning one movement this way because there are many ways to squat right and you'll go to five different gyms and they might all, all have little variations on how direct you to squat what we're trying to maximize is how much benefit that gives not only the squatting but also your longevity also how that transfers to how you run and how you jump mm-hmm. and how you clean and how you go about your life yeah so we're just trying to dial up the effectiveness yeah. for life so staying in the gym first we had this conversation yesterday and i want to focus on in the gym stuff to begin with okay yeah um i took a class the other week we had 30 minutes of core work and you just left it up to the coach to decide what they were doing mm. and my whole thing with it was being able to go from a hollow hold to moving your full body around the rings and do a skin the gut and complete control and it's very hard for a beginner even an intermediate athlete sometimes an advanced athlete to see the benefit of being able to do that hollow hold well and how it will help the other thing it is connecting those dots yeah and how do you connect those dots in well, a class with well, people well i think i think the first thing is to remind everybody every single time that we are connecting dots that's yeah. the first thing because if we're like we know a hollow hold it's one of those things that coaches tell everyone to do all the time and no one does anytime because it's boring, it's hard, and it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it's hard to do. I hate it. Yeah, no one likes no one enjoys it. It's like, yes, hollow holes. Mm. <laughs> like they're not fun. And they never come up in workouts. Exactly. So the, the point is that like it's a bit like um reminding people that they should have their vegetables, you know, like you like you need to like you need to keep reminding people that the stuff that tastes good. Yes, for sure. But then there's also this stuff that's like really good for you and you need to have it, even if you don't, if it's not your most enjoyable stuff, right? So the hollow hole stuff, um, and that's a category of movement that's dull, boring, and really hard that we tend to not do so much. Mm-hmm. I guess for a prime example, look at yesterday. We retested 21.1. There was wall walks, a really difficult exercise for people to do. And a common theme I heard of talking to a couple of coaches yesterday was I was surprised how well everyone handled this, that people could actually do it to a much better level than I expected. Wow. And, and it makes me think of where we are. We come out of lockdown for 18 months and something we did an awful lot of over lockdown was planks. Yeah. Like, so we did all these plank holes that we don't do nearly as much of in class usually. Yeah. But we have very few tools available. The plank became a very useful tool over Zoom. And now we have all these people who, have, who are really used to supporting their weight through a straight arm and are really used to controlling their midline in that position. And a wall walk is a plank while you're moving. Yeah. like it's the same thing so <laughs> there was the boring dull plank that yeah. everyone finds like a bit like a throwaway thing it's like a warm-up exercise and we trained it and now the skill transfer we're starting to see the benefit of a more difficult exercise yeah. we would also see it when we go to handstand push-ups guaranteed yeah. we're also going to see it when we do more push-ups so um, i think when i look at the examples of it um, it's not the easiest thing to get people excited about, 
so then therefore it's up to us as the coaches to preach about it a bit yeah. about like here's why we do this because this thing over here that you really want becomes achievable yeah makes it easier yeah kind of kind of kind of um everyone kind of wants even i wanted like some sort of bang for their buck what's the best thing i can do to help the most stuff so whenever it comes to skill transfer if you think of all the movements we tend to cover in crossfit what's the this are there maybe three five ten moves that you could focus on that would help more things so like say like getting your air squat looking pretty damn good would help loads yeah it's foundational right? yeah and probably having a pretty good hollow hold and a hollow hold on the bar like hanging off the bar is going to help a lot of stuff on the rig yeah because even into muscle ups like you're at the top of the rings you're in a hollow position yeah so if you can't hold it on the floor you're never getting it up there yeah plank is one i actually didn't even think of because that would help so many things so many things yeah even going overhead yeah well so what would be because you do the programming mm. for the gym and for filthy 150 when that comes up and you, you you love this stuff and you have these connections all the time yeah. what are your kind of baseline moves that you're thinking of that kind of link everything together for that skill transfer so, so this this might not exactly answer your question but this is the way i think about it it's slightly different right cool and that um if, we, if you think about a, a coach who goes and does the cross at level one yeah the level one they have nine foundational movements mm-hmm. and they teach you this is a movement this is how you do it here's the technique now on to the next one this is the technique so you'll learn how to do those nine movements and then you've got nine really good tools that we can have variations of yes right? So what we try and do at Bua, I've always tried to do, is to go a layer deeper than that and say, how does your hip function, how does your ankle function, how does your shoulder function, yeah. how does your spine function in relation to these movements? Okay. And what we, what we find is that once you learn how to stabilize your spine or how to move your spine to create power, that's without load, how to stabilize your hip, that's in a squat or a deadlift, or like in a split jerk when the legs out behind you, slightly different. Yeah. Um, how to stabilize the shoulder and the shoulder and the hip are very similar joints. So a lot of the rules apply. Once we start learning that stuff and we apply it to any movement, everything starts getting better. Right. So for me, it's about the principles of like, how does the hip work in different scenarios? How does the shoulder work in different scenarios? And now I can apply it. Now it's transferable across any movement and that's inside the gym or outside the gym. So when I get in the paddle board and I know how to screw my feet into a floor, stabilize my midline, stabilize my shoulder, I'm more likely not to fall in the water, right? So there's the, the skill transfer of how does my... So we know we've got hardware. Yeah. The body is designed for certain movements. What we're trying to do is optimize the software, teach it how, how that we apply the principles like core to extremity, like rotation at the shoulder, rotation mm-hmm. at the hip. So um, when you say what gives us, what boosts most things, it's that, I would say. So that's why when you come into our class, we spend 30 minutes on get your feet right, 
this is how your hip works and we're definitely teaching you how to do a split jerk mm-hmm. but with these things in place it's like a layered on top yeah and i think that's that's something that we do well and have always done well and that's where we see the biggest skill transfer because the, sh- the shoulders get strong hip gets strong midline gets stable and that can transfer into anything that you want to try ever then so do you find that i was kind of thinking about this week and me and jack had a conversation around it where the people who have the hip the shoulder the ankle and the spine in control whether it's stability or movement or finding the position whenever a new move comes out they tend to just be able to do it. So like the CrossFit Games, did you watch it? Yeah. See that handstand push-up freestanding thing? The people, there are 40 of the best people in the world who can control their hip, shoulder, ankle, spine. And they just got given this new movement that they probably never practiced in that scenario and they could do it. I think to varying degrees. Yeah. And um, this is what I find interesting, that less and less of the games athletes seem to be able to control their hips and spines and shoulders. Because they're working on the same movements that come up all they, the time? Or I think they're focused so much on the work capacity. They have spent so much time right. just getting so much volume done. Like Emma McQuaid, her mechanics have become so good. I know she works with a movement coach. Yeah. And she's after getting way better. Like you notice, like she's so much stronger. Yeah. And what you see with Emma that, her, her knees cave in less than they used to. Her spine is stronger and her performance went up. Yeah. I look at, like, um, I think of Annie Thor's daughter. Her coach is Yami Tegan, mm. who worked with Kelly Starrett for four years, mm-hmm. who was a big advocate for this type of approach to training. And Annie's longevity in the sport is, is unbelievable. And, and she just had a kid. And she just had a kid. And she went to that new movement that you talked about and crushed it. And she is almost the biggest athlete in the female field. Yeah. And we think of the little really fast athlete who's going to win that. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was Annie absolutely demolished because she knows how to stabilize her shoulder with her hand on the floor. She knows how to stabilize her hips. Yeah. And she knows how to use her, her movement sequencing. And I think she's been culturally well in her movement. I see what you see with Emma too. And I think you see, the benefits of it then yeah. at the performance level and it, like it turns out that you know if we move better our performance goes up and we stay safer we avoid injury all the good things yeah we can get a lot of performance with shitty movement we see that in all sports right um we also see those risks yeah but yeah exactly or it's the better you move the more chance you have for continuous progression exactly in the gym you're dead right yeah like Froning Fraser, look yeah, at her movement. Rich was unbelievable. Phenomenal. Metronomic. He yeah. would just move through reps. The exact same. Start of the workout, end of the workout. Oh, Start of the weekend, go. end of the weekend. I did. Still. Yeah, still. Yeah, it was unreal at the weekend. Um, so benefits in the gym. They're they're very clear cut in the gym. It's like if you walk into a class with a lot of people in it. Typically, the fittest, I'm doing little bunny ears with my fingers here, person there tends to be the best mover more often than not. Yes. They have real good movement. Their feet are flat when they squat and they're creating that in, or that torque and they're able to keep their chest up and they're in control. Spine, hips, shoulder, ankle. They tend to win that. Very clear cut most of the time. 
but like you're big on this and I'm leaning towards that now and Jack teases me about it because he says I'm getting old but I'm still in my 20s so it's not really old is it (laughs) but certainly not what are the benefits then of like being able to create torque through the hip with your feet about shoulder width apart toes pointing forward and Mm. sitting down outside of the gym like if someone doesn't really care for getting a heavier back squat or whatever the thing is yeah why do they need to well, why, why do we spend so long doing it outside of that? If we're not a perform, if we're not a purely performance, yeah. It's, so we think about like how many people do you know have had a hip replacement or a knee surgery or something later in life? Loads, loads, and loads, and loads. Right? It happens way too much. Yeah. And um, I think all too often it's put down to oh, I just got old and my hip was went bad. It went bad somehow. It's age. It's age, right? <laughs> and, and obviously it is, but it's age coupled with decades of using something slightly poorly, very, very often over a very long period of time. Yeah. And us saying that if you understand where your feet should be and your knees should be and hips should be when you sit down and stand up off the toilet, right? Then you know that every time you sit down and stand up off a chair, whatever it is for your whole life, that your joints are being, that you're minimizing wear and tear. Yeah. Really. And most injuries and most surgeries happen because of that wear and tear type of injury more than like an acute, like someone gets smashed by a car or falls over. So we know that if we're, you know, when we're thinking about longevity, we're thinking, well, we'd like to save our joints for those those later years so it can be as functional as long as possible, right? It's hard for us to really invest in that right now, isn't it? Especially you in your 20s. Yeah. That's why Jack is slagging you because he doesn't think he's going to get old. <laughs> all that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's important, right? Yeah. So f- for us as coaches, we know that. So therefore, we have a duty of care to try and be long-term thinking for the people. So yeah. that's why we get everyone to straighten their feet and look at them, tell yeah. them to straighten your feet again and do all the boring stuff that we have to do as coaches, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's also uh, the other reason, like like my mother, like last Christmas, because of all her deadlifting, she could take the turkey out of the oven because she knew. And she said she was bragging about it. She's like, I could go in, I opened the, the oven, I braced my midline, <laughs> I set my hips back. So she was thinking about the formal movement when she moved. Yeah. When like, this is going to be challenging for me. Instead of asking someone else here, can somebody else do that? She did herself. Yeah. She's the one who's helping her sisters over the stone walls when they're going out for a walk. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so I think the the old thing is where we start seeing things breaking down. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start seeing the examples. But the breakdown is gradual. That means in your 50s, you know, you just stop doing things that you used to do. Yeah. In your 40s, you might stop doing things you used to do because you're like, it's just a bit more, too, too much effort. Yeah. Whereas we'd like to just keep all those options on the table. So outside of the gym, um, that longevity piece is giant, but then also there's things on a day to day that come up from time to time. Yeah. And they don't have to be like the, the example is always like, you know, you have to lift your car off your baby or something yeah. crazy. It's a real, like it's one of those examples where you're like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But there are things that do happen. Like you move house, you move house, you move house and you have to move everything from your house into a truck and then everything out of the truck back into the house. Yeah. Um, you might you might get like an extension in your house and you have to 
like your mate says, let's go and do it. And you have to move 50 cinder blocks through your tree house, like that sort of stuff. Or else just going to Ikea, picking up the boxes and carrying a sofa down the stairs and all that yeah. sort of stuff. All that awkward business that if we're capable, we, we just don't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of like people of elderly relatives. It's a real scenario for so many people. And, you know, elderly relatives fall or they need help into a bed or yeah. out of a chair or and just having the confidence to be able to say, I, at least I'm the useful one. It's not, I don't have to go and get someone else to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's even a sense of then around that of not being dependent on other people. Like you can, like if you live alone or your partner's away or something and you need to go and do the shopping yeah. and you need to carry all the stuff to your car and then carry all the shopping from the car. Because you can take the trolley to the car. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Well, you're not taking the trolley home. <laughs> you're not. And you're probably not yeah. parking the car right beside your fridge. Yeah. So there's going to be an element where you do have to carry it. And just that confidence of it seems real trivial for me because Yeah, you don't, don't think twice about it. And most of us don't. Yeah. But at a certain point in life you will. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the reality. Yeah. So, and um, we are making that investment for the future. So, I guess when we're standing in class and we're, it sounds like we're teaching everybody how to deadlift, put your feet here and now send your hips back. And they've heard it, like Gillian Campbell's heard it maybe a million times at this point, <laughs> the same lesson. Yeah. We try to say it a different way every week, but it's the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to teach you how to do it. We're trying to ingrain that software. It's like, if we program it by doing it over and over and over, the less you have to actually think about it out in the world. Yeah. Because when you're when you're playing sport, you're not thinking about you need to create torque and it's, like you're just reacting. Yeah. What you want there is that the hardware and software is already built in, so your body just moves that way. Yeah. So the skill transfer side of it, when we think about it like that, thinking, well, can I build in automaticity into good movement as much as I can? So no matter what I'm doing, it's there. Yeah. It's available. This is real funny. Jack's going to kill me if he listens to this, but he came up to me the other night and he's like, do you like brace your feet or brace your tummy, screw your feet into the floor when everyone to the toilet? And I was like, well, I don't stand there and like, <laughs> and then control myself down onto the toilet. But yeah, I normally strip up my feet or whatever. And Jack was like, no, I get full ready to Full go yeah. but that's him at 22 yeah exactly and he's just no maybe he's viewing that as an opportunity to perfect his squat so he can yeah get yeah. that 150 cleaning jerk or whatever but and i don't know if you need to completely brace whatever you, i don't know if that would be a good idea <laughs> <laughs> probably not when you're going mm-hmm. but yeah like that's daily just to kind of challenge you a little bit on some of this right and this is probably where crossfit does sometimes get a bad rep so we talk about the longevity and the skill transfer and these functional benefits around it. I just did a workout today. Yeah. The open 21.2. Yeah. Dumbbell snatch. And burpee over the box. Yeah. Where's my skill transfer to longevity for that stuff? Or maybe going to answer my own question here or is that where the capacity to be able to just keep 
moving and get up and the burpee one's a bit more obvious i think so maybe the dumbbell snatch or the barbell snatch where's the the skill transfer from them or is that just not always the case for every movement well the first thing to think about today is a test it's not a it's not a workout for improvement right the vast majority of our yeah. workouts are so it's like when you go run a marathon you're not getting healthier so <laughs> you're just not yeah now training for it, a lot of training might improve your health um but like if you go and do that marathon more than likely it's damaging your health in the in the overall sense more than it is yeah enhancing it right because every now and again in life we need to get a test and we need to test ourselves and know that we can dig in deep when we have to so the skill transfer i would see today is that all of the training you've done has transferred a skill for today like today is the test yeah. where you need as much of it as possible. So that means that you would hope that your um, spine position, your brace, your hip position, your foot position is all in place for as long as possible in that workout. And yeah. if it breaks down towards the end because you're digging in deep for reps because you, you're trying to die for a score, that means you're minimizing the impact of the test. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say that today, like the bigger skill transfer today, like I on test day like look at cat yesterday cat was so terrified of doing wall walks um but she really wanted to get one so she spent a week training them she got exercises to do she trained them she got her first one on wednesday yeah and then the night before right and ended 18 in the workout right beside me yesterday exactly deadly amazing right now her skill transfer from that is she knows there's something terrifying in front of her and she took it on yeah and beat it now i think as a skill like as a life skill that's pretty cool yeah. right that's a skill transfer of being able to know things are scary but i know if i go go at them in a systematic way i can take them on and overcome them i think that's that's yeah giant well even on the other side of that as well then is you come in and you see a workout and maybe you haven't checked modify the night before or the day the day of and it's three movements that you absolutely despise and then doing them and overcoming it just makes the rest of the day easy because that's one of the big things i train for now go on it's just i don't really have high performance goals anymore i've kind of there's one or two i'd like to do but no rush on them but like i like knowing that most days i come in and work real hard and that makes whatever potential obstacles I have later that day seem much more achievable because I've already put myself in a place where I have to dig deep and I have to overcome that little voice in my head saying slow down or don't pick that up or do whatever the thing is and then whenever you annoy me but you're my boss so I don't want to reach out but I know that I have to because otherwise it'll become an ongoing thing mm. that I can just do it. Yeah. Not that you've annoyed me, but just there is an easy example. So, so you're building resilience, right? Correct. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. And that's on, that's on two levels, physical resilience and then the, but really the mental resilience yeah. to, to meet adversity head on and have some confidence in it. Yeah. So when you hit workouts and you hit moments, like so the first moment of adversity is you see the workout, the tree movements that you hit. Yeah. And you didn't have to make the decision, I'm gonna show up anyway. Yeah. So that's the first moment. But then when you show up and you, then you're in class, you don't mind. In the workout then, have you got tools you use 
when you hit that moment where you're doubting or you're hating or you're uh, all those, you know, the, we all yeah. went to those negativity moments. Yeah, I have a little, one of the things I really dislike is running. And so I have my own little mantra for that. And every step I take, I just say, I love running. And that's with every, so it's four steps. I love running, yeah, four steps. So every four steps, I say that to myself. And if I have to say it out loud, I say it out loud. And I, I did a half marathon four or five years ago. And for the last 3K, I said that every four steps. I was in a world of pain. And then today, for most workouts, it would just be, I either hype myself up and get like a bit of a Conor McGregor attitude in my head where I think I'm the most badass, strongest, fastest, whatever crossfitter. And I then just have to act like that throughout the workout hmm. where it's like, well, suck it up, put a cup, let's go. But a, but a tough love or whatever. And then there's other days where I would be more, not softer on myself, but just more positive. So PMA, positive mental attitude, that's my go-to. Yeah. And it's not kind of, it's not happy, 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 everything will be okay. It's more just, I suppose I, I tend to ask myself the question, can I do one more rep? And can I do one more rep? And can I do one more rep? And all of a sudden, I've usually done 10 or 15 more reps, especially with burpees. 99.99% of people can't do one more burpee. They just don't want to. Yeah. But they probably haven't got the question in their head going, can you do one more? Yeah. And there's a different, there's a different vibe that comes along with asking yourself, can you? There's a, there's a freedom to say no, right? Yeah. And then to being t- telling yourself, do it. And yeah. some days you need that. But other days that can be really helpful when you yeah. just flip it to give yourself the choice and you often take the right choice. Yeah. I suppose that would maybe come down then to like test days and training days. Yep. So training days, you can maybe ask the question. Yep. And test days, you don't really give yourself the option. Depending on how the rest of your life is going, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I've never actually thought about that before. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing about the mental skills. Yes. Yeah. The mental skill transfer. Like, obviously, when I was studying this, there's... like there's 28 week mental skills programs that people build yeah. from scratch and you're you're building layer upon layer of just building mental resilience and performance mentality and whatever else and something that we try to do is try and bring in that on a conscious level saying here's the here's what to think about today as this happens yeah i think becoming conscious of those skills that's when the life adversity hits we have some tools in our toolbox to deal with those scenarios yeah and i do think there's an opportunity it might be a bit corny like we have an opportunity every day to face some little bit of difficulty in a workout that i don't think that's corny i i say that all the time yeah yeah maybe it's because i say it all the time i don't think it's corny exactly yeah yeah <laughs> we're corny people maybe yeah but, maybe. but there's that there is that thing with today is an opportunity to get my body stronger or faster or whatever but then there's also a, an opportunity for me to face a moment that's difficult and see even to notice how I deal with it and then see kind of start equipping tools. Yeah. Like I know Invictus, for instance, they have a, a, I think it's Invictus, have a culture of when you're struggling at your barbell, you encourage someone else. And we've used that before wow. in the competition team. And I've used it personally, I find it really effective that when I'm suffering, 
I shout encouragement to someone else and it gets me going. It actually is really a powerful thing to do. That's real interesting. Yeah. And I, I've, I've done it in sessions where like today, if, the, if when, you, when it gets tough, look for someone else suffering and give them some encouragement and not some bullying, like, come on, get up off the ground, like encourage. Yeah. And before you know it, you're moving again. So it's like, these are the little things that yeah. we can try to start doing. It's like, well, if something happens outside of the gym, that's difficult. Can I go and help someone else? Will that help me in the moment? Yeah. You know, it's a bit selfish, but it also helps someone. Yeah. hundred percent. I suppose that, that building resilience around that as well, then, because inevitably bad things do happen and, things do get in the way and you do have bad days yep. and having that resilience I suppose more for more so for the bad days I'm thinking of where I know I certainly used to be like this and I know a lot of people who still are where they have a bad day and they're just like toys are the pram what's the point cancel my membership order me a dominoes forget all of it whereas building that resilience has certainly helped me on those bad days go, well, what are the little, what's like the bare minimum stuff I can do today? Like, I know that I'm not going to smash the workout or win the workout or PB my thing. I'm not even going to go to the gym, but it's, it's kind of taught me to find the, the smallest little challenge. And that might be, don't blow to the dominoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's just come to me. That's that's something I never really thought of, but it's yeah. I think I think being common conscious of our tools is really important yeah. because there's so much in it. Like there's so many. Uh, like, look, we all have the freakouts. We all have the spiral out of control moments. Yeah. But even knowing that I can have that and get back on the horse soon is is important. Yeah, because it, it means that okay, I can, I'm free to have my freak out now because I know it's not going to go on for two weeks. Yeah, do you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, we we think about as coaches a lot the transferability of all of these things, yeah. like how much benefit there is to everything we do. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to wring it dry. We're trying to say, well, where is there more opportunities for growth in a one-hour session? Yeah. Um, and I guess um, it's I think it's really helpful for people then who come to those classes to start becoming conscious of all of the opportunities that are there. Because if we don't see them at all, we might not take advantage of them. Yeah. Then, and you're going to cover some of that in the internship as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, skill transfer. I think we nailed that. Okay. Anything else? No, I think we. I think we covered. Yeah, my head hurts a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Episode two, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any feedback, comments, suggestions. Send them to no reply at <laughs> send them to me or Jamie on Instagram or you give out your email now. You can send you can email me James at crossfitbua.ie and I might I'll certainly read them. <laughs> Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair. Team, thanks very much. Jamie, thank you. Cheers, man.